Welcome to the Unscripted Mom Podcast. This is Kara coming to you from my studio, aka my home closet. It's amazing what you can get done if you're hiding from your kids, including this podcast. Hey, did you know I have a website? I know you were dying to know that. Check out theunscriptedmom.com. I've got a new blog up every Tuesday and a podcast on Thursday. You can also subscribe my to my podcast on uh, Apple, which is totally fancy. And I want to shout out to my husband, Doug, for making that happen for me. Uh, you can sign up for my emails. And uh, also, you can contact me. Let me know what's going on. Tell me your story. Tell me what you want to hear. And uh, if you liked my podcast, and if you didn't, um, don't tell me. Just don't listen. No, I'm totally excited to share this podcast with you. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, I am going to cry on this podcast, no doubt. And hopefully you'll stick with me through it. I'm going to share a little bit of my story. But I want to talk to you today about the misconceptions of miscarriage. Now, if you've never had a miscarriage and you're like, oh, I'm going to skip over this podcast, I want you to listen only because I can probably guarantee you you know somebody that has had a miscarriage. And hopefully by hearing maybe my story and some maybe tips that you can maybe be there for a friend going through this. Maybe they've been through miscarriage or infertility. It's it's the journey and the support of people around you that can make the biggest difference. And I want to encourage you. And if you are, you know, currently trying to get pregnant and you've suffered miscarriages or you can't get pregnant, I want to share my story, hopefully to encourage you and to say, you can do it. Keep going. You know, whatever path that is supposed to be yours, that it'll happen for you in, in whatever way. And I want to encourage you that. So, again, the misconceptions of miscarriage. Now, I have three wonderful, beautiful kids. And when you look at the pictures, you see they're joyful. They're cute. I love it. It seems like, you know, it's a perfect journey. Three kids, one, you know, two boys, one girl, and, you know, picturesque. But it wasn't always picturesque, and it took us a while to get where we are with our three kids. In fact, it took us four years, infertility, and four miscarriages to get to where we were at. And it wasn't easy. And I think that I never really wanted to share my story because I thought, I don't like anybody feeling sorry for me. I'm an internal person. I don't like to show my weakness. But I recognize that it could help somebody. And if it can help just one person, then I'm going to do it. So there's going to be tears. I already feel it. Oh, Lord, help us. (laughs) I've done this podcast three times, and I'm trying to get through it without crying, but I do. And that's okay, because no one can see my ugly cry face right now. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But my story is, um, my husband and I got married. And you know when you are dating someone and it gets serious, you know, they ask you a question, oh, well, when are you going to get engaged? When are you going to get engaged? And then after you get engaged, just, well, when's the wedding? When's the wedding? And I can guarantee you at some point in your wedding reception, someone will come up to you and ask, well, when are you going to have kids? And it's like, slow up. I just got a ring on my finger and I'm trying to enjoy life. But, you know, this is the natural progression of relationships and marriage and, you know, ready to have kids. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, we're going to take our time. We're pretty young. It's not going to be a problem. I'm healthy. Never, you know, my family, my mom doesn't have a history of anything. So it's going to be a snap for us. Eh, wrong. <laughs> um, we were about three years into our marriage and we decided, hey, it's time. We're going to have kids. We're ready. Let's do this. And went off the pill and got pregnant. I don't. I want to say fairly quickly, not really a problem. 
And I'm going to tell you, and I know you can relate out there, moms, is that there is a feeling, a euphoria that when you see a positive pregnancy test, when you want to get pregnant, is the most joyful bubble, like a moment that, man, if you could live off that moment, I would live off that joy. Because getting pregnant, when you want to get pregnant and seeing that positive, man, it's, it's this overjoy feeling. And I remember showing my husband, waving around my pee stick, and we're pregnant and so happy. And I remember we decided we were going to tell the grandparents. We got them a grandparents book and did all that fun stuff. And, you know, that's how we told them. We gave them this gift, and it said, you're going to be grandparents. And they were so excited. And at the time, my dad was pastoring a church, and my husband and I were did the, the youth ministry. And um, we were kind of naive again, and we decided to tell everybody fairly quickly that we were pregnant. And everybody was so excited. They had watched um, our journey into dating and to getting married and, you know, just the natural progression of our story. So we told everybody. We told the church. We were so excited. And I had a friend who was a nurse, and she got me into our OB pretty quickly. And he said, okay, well, you're kind of early, but that's okay. We're just going to follow your numbers, take the blood, do all that stuff. And Lo and behold, a week later, um, I found out I had miscarried. My girlfriend called me, and she said, hey, I'm looking at your numbers, and they're going down, and you're going to miscarry. And Doug, my husband, was standing next to me, and obviously I cried, and he cried, and it was one of those moments, and we kind of let it out. And before, you know, we'd even knew all this news, we kind of went gung-ho. When it's your first time and you're not really prepared for any type of loss, you're kind of living in the clouds of pregnancy and you're so happy. You know, like, I bought every book. I bought a name book. <laughs> I mean, I think it was six weeks and I was like, let's get a name book. I mean, I was so far ahead in my mind that I really wasn't prepared for the slap in the face of you're having a miscarriage. And I got off the phone with my friend and I cried and we cried and had a moment. And I remember actually probably within five, ten minutes, I stopped sniffling, pulled, you know, and stopped. And I was like, you know, it's out, that's okay. I read in a book that 50% of um, first-time pregnancies end in miscarriage. It's going to be okay. Like, in my mind, I didn't actually mourn or, you know, the loss of it right at that moment because I was like, I'm going to plow ahead. Let's just do this. It's, it's okay. It happens to the best of us. And you know, 50%. I'm just part of that statistic, and that's okay. And I was able to kind of, you know, bull my way through that emotional journey of the pregnancy and then losing it and then, you know, the physicality of it, which no one really tells you about. You know, you, you have the emotional trauma of a miscarriage, and then you have the physical trauma of it, and you have to suffer them both, and they're difficult. And if you've ever been through a miscarriage and you've had to have either, you know, miscarried naturally or had a DNC, they're painful. It's, it's not an easy road. You know, first you hear the news and you cry and you're upset. And then you have a period in time where you are actually seeing it unfold and you're physically pulled out of it. And it's difficult. And I had that first miscarriage, but again, tried to move on fairly quickly. We decided, well, we'll wait a little bit you know, let ourselves emotionally, you know, come down from it. And it was difficult telling people um, right away, you know, like, oh, what's going on with the pregnancy? And then saying, oh, miscarried, miscarried. And I now know why they tell people, don't tell them till you're further along. But, you know, when you're so happy and you're so joyful, you want to share the news. I mean, you can't contain it. And we 
had our first one and got through that journey and I think it was about six months later I got pregnant again and I thought okay this is it this is it I'm so excited and shortly after that I had another miscarriage and I remember my doctor was like well you know we can't find anything really wrong we did some minor testing, if you will, and she was like, well, you know, me, you know let's not panic. And I was like, okay. okay. I was obviously heartbroken, but again, I'm kind of like, let's, we'll figure it out. I'll plan it out. We're, we're going to work. This is just part of it. No worries. I'm not going to, it's not going to be a big deal, you know. And I got pregnant a third time, and I thought for sure by my third one, this is it. I mean, I have done every test under the moon. They can't find anything wrong. I just know that this is going to, you know, this is going to work this time. And actually my husband was a little bit more reserved and I was kind of a little aggravated. I'm like, get up on this, get up on the happy train here. We, this is going to work. We are going to, this pregnancy is going to work. And then I had another miscarriage. And I'm going to tell you by the third one, I broke. I was like, What? And I didn't really necessarily break as in what was me. Obviously, I was heartbroken. But I broke in the level of anger that I felt towards the situation. And I don't know about you and if you've ever gone through infertility or miscarriage. But during this time, everybody was getting pregnant. Everybody. I mean, there was people left and right. They were sneezing and getting pregnant. And I'm over here and be like, what? Like, are you serious right now? And I'd have to plaster on a happy face and, and go to baby showers and, and buy gifts. And it was so painful. And I didn't cry. I actually got angry. I remember coming home and a girlfriend had said, Hey, I'm pregnant. And I, I did the right thing. I said, Oh, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And, you know, express my gratitude. And I remember coming home and telling my husband, I'm like, are you kidding me? She has five kids. She's pregnant with their six. I, I just want one. You know, I'd cry and talk to God and be like, God, listen, I don't need five. I don't need four. I don't even need, you know, two. I just am begging for one. And it was such a difficult season for me to kind of, you know, flesh out what I was feeling because honestly, there was so much anger. And then you're trying to figure it out. And then on top of the anger, there was a lot of insecurity. Because I felt like as a woman, the one major thing that we were created to do, to get pregnant, to carry a baby, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I had so much self-doubt and so many questions. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know why this has to be part of my journey. Sure, one, okay, two, okay, three, no. I I was so broken and so much self-doubt and doubted myself as a woman and doubted that this was ever going to come true. And I'm going to tell you if you've been through a miscarriage, I know what you're feeling because it's like, you know, what is going on? What's wrong with me? And you internalize everything because it's like, who do you talk to about it? And for me, I'm, I'm very private. I like to kind of hold things close to the chest. And I remember thinking, I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to know that I can't carry a baby. And I also didn't want to put anybody else in an emotional state for me because I was emotional enough. I didn't want anybody else feeling pity for me. So I just kind of put on a happy face. And I remember during that time, people didn't know I 
people knew we were trying to have a baby, obviously. They didn't know about the miscarriages, and they would come up to me and give me tips, and you should do this, and eat this, and try this, and try this position. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you so much for that, you know? And I would kindly, like, okay. And then I'd go home and, like, Doug, we're doing this, 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 and this position, and we're going to – I was so desperate that I was willing to try anything, and, you know – People were giving me tips, and I was like, okay, and trying to take it all in, and I was so desperate for information, and at the same time, I was so angry that it wasn't happening for me. So we go through our journey, and my doctor decides, hey, we're going to do a little more infertility, you know, to help you out, boost you in certain ways. So we did it, and I got pregnant the fourth time. By the fourth time, I remember peeing on the stick, (laughs) excuse me, and thinking, and when I saw it, I was somewhat a little bit bitter. I was like, okay, here we go again. And my doctor said, oh, let's get you pregnant. Let's, you know, we're, you know, before we can send you off to infertility, you know, to a big clinic, you know, let's keep doing it. And I remember peeing on the stick and looking at it and feeling utter fear. You know, the same joy that you felt when you did your first pregnancy test and you were so excited. And it's like, (gasps) you know, that you want to bottle that feeling up. I had the opposite reject, you know, feeling. I had this feeling of dread of, oh, God, here we go again. And basically, gird your loins because I didn't know. And yet, at the same time, I had this minuscule hope of, oh, gosh, maybe this is it. Maybe I can do this. And went through the fourth, got pregnant, did the fourth, um, you know, pregnancy, went a little bit further. And I was so excited because I started getting a little bit further along. And I had the opportunity to speak to a women's group, and I... um, was studying for it one day, and I was feeling a little back pain and feeling some of the symptoms that I knew and I related to a miscarriage. And my doctor was following me very closely. I was doing blood, and everything was looking good, and I was studying for it and feeling symptoms, and something was off. But I you know, I was like, it's, it's okay. She, she hasn't called me. She said my doctor was supposed to call me, and if there was a problem, then you know she would call me. And I went all day, studied. And uh, went, drove to the Bible study, and before I was supposed to go on, I went to the restroom, and I started bleeding. <laughs> and I had to get out there in five minutes to talk. And my topic was how to be positive when you're facing a negative situation. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how do I do this? I called my mom, because I'm close with my mom. Called her, told her what was happening. She's like, oh, you can't teach. You know, you need to go home. This is... You can't do this. You know, let me help you. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to do this, and then I'll go home. So I taught for 45 minutes on how to be positive in a negative situation. And then I got in the car, and I look at my cell phone. And my doctor had actually called me an hour before I went on, and I never got the voicemail. And she explained, obviously, what was happening. And she said, you're going to lose the baby. And I went home, and I told my husband, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I am emotionally not capable to handle loss like this. I, you know, there's so much coming at me. I couldn't do it. And he said, okay, no problem. We're just going to take a different path to our journey. And I want to encourage you if you're facing infertility, miscarriage, that one path doesn't fit all, that there is multiple ways to mother children. And whether it's in, you know, you know, infertility or, you know, in vitro or surrogacy or adoption or even mentoring women and young women or children, that is part of the mothering spirit. And I think that I learned that the most 
through my miscarriages is that God kind of gave me this glimpse into you're a mother. I created you to be a mother no matter what, whether you can carry a baby or not. At the time, I was leading a small group of teenagers, and I loved them. And they loved me. And even though they didn't know what I was going through, to have them a part of my life, to mentor them and to, quote-unquote, mother them in my own way, was such a graceful part of my journey. And I recognized, looking back, how thankful I was for it. I didn't recognize it at the time, and I don't think a lot of us recognize some of the things that God puts in our life. Excuse me. That helps us get through situations. But I want to encourage you that no matter where you are, one path does not fit all to mothering. And when I came to that term and I came to that acceptance, I felt a peace come over my life that it's okay. It doesn't have to happen this one way. I don't have to happen this way. Do I want it to? Yes. Was I desperate for it? Absolutely. And it takes a while sometimes to come to those terms And I'm not trying to rush you through it. I'm not trying to tell you it's going to come to you. But in whatever time it is, I got the peace. And I want whoever's listening out there to know you can find that peace too. That your journey may may look different from somebody else's, but that's okay. It's all part of the journey to mothering and motherhood, if you will. So long story short, I actually ended up going to a specialist. And they were like, okay, we're going to do... in vitro, if that doesn't work, we'll do surrogacy. And honestly, I was scared to death because it was expensive. I didn't, we didn't have the money at the time. And I remember looking at my husband. I was like, well, let's just adopt. Maybe, you know, maybe that's an option for us. And even that, honestly, was super expensive. And I just like, ugh. I was kind of falling, crestfallen on the whole thing. And she, the doctor said, okay, take some time off. And we'll get your body a little bit adjusted. And then you're going to come in and we'll get you started on drugs. And you'll get your body amped up. And I was like, okay. So we, you know, did our thing, and about four months later, I was ready to go into the doctor's office, and I found out I was pregnant. And I remember thinking, oh, gosh, dread, but yet happiness, because I thought, oh, this is it. You know, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm now at the, the height. I have professional help that this is what they do, and I called them, and I said, I'm pregnant. I found out I'm pregnant. And I was like, what can you do? What can we do? And she looked, she said over the phone, she's like, honey, there's nothing we can do for you. She's like, we have to be the ones to control the pregnancy in order to, you know, make sure it's viable for you. And I got off the phone and I was heartbroken because I thought, okay, here we go again. You know, okay, that that's part of my journey. And again, I was angry. I was upset. But I kind of threw my hands up at that point. I was like, all right, well, I know the drill. So eight weeks came and eight weeks was the longest I was able ever ever able to carry a pregnancy to term and eight weeks came and it went and then nine weeks came and I started getting sick and let me tell you my mom had told me when you start getting sick that's a good sign and I remember the first time I threw up I was like I I think I'm really really pregnant (laughs) because I had never never actually got to that point in the stage of my pregnancy And let me tell you, I was not only pregnant for 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 weeks. I was pregnant. I was sick all nine months. I felt like it was like a makeup for every time I was not sick on the previous pregnancies (laughs) that I was so sick. I mean, so sick. I could not drive. I had to carry a bucket around with me if I got in the car because I was just miserable and horrible. And it was just not 
the joyful, you know, the moms are like, I love being pregnant. I'm over here like, I hate you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I gave birth to my nine and a half pound baby boy, Declan. And he is everything I could want in a first kid. He was perfect. He is everything. I mean, you could go look at my Instagram and find pictures of this brown eyed boy with the longest eyelashes. And I had my baby and I was so excited and I remember crying and so grateful. And I thought, man, this is it. And my journey, honestly, I got pregnant with my daughter uh, nine months later. My son and daughter are uh, 18 months apart. And I thought it was a joke because I'm like, are you kidding me? It took me forever to get one. And then all of a sudden I have two babies. It was very overwhelming. So I just remember being on that journey thinking, I can't believe this is happening. And then I had three. And then I said, I need to stop. That I can't do it anymore. Three hit my limit. But... I want to encourage you that if you're going through a miscarriage, you've had a miscarriage, you're suffering from infertility, I I want you to know and I want to encourage you that it's okay to cry. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to talk to God. Honestly, I'm going to be real honest. There was a lot of yelling at God for me. Faith is such an integral part of my life. It's the center. It's not a priority. It's just the center where I run my life around. And I remember crying and yelling and there's a lot of things I said to God, and I'm so thankful that I can beat on his chest and he can take it and then love me back in the midst of my insecurity and in my pain. And I want to encourage you that if you're going through that, that it's okay to feel it, to not push it off, not to you know push it down and move on. I think that's one of my, actually I have two regrets. Number one is on the first couple, I kind of pushed down the pain because I was just hauling it through and you know bulldogging my way okay it's okay let's keep going keep going and keep trying and there was a point on my last pregnancy even when I was with Declan I was very emotional obviously hormonal but a lot of stuff bubbled up that I never dealt with with the previous miscarriages because I was so like you know bound and determined to you know make things happen and I want to say what you're going through is to feel it allow yourself to feel it I know you know I'm a positive person. I believe in the power of declaring positive things, but at the same time, you got to feel what you're feeling and you got to talk to somebody about it. I wish I would have asked for help a little bit sooner. I think I was so um, insecure, like I didn't want anybody to know that I couldn't carry a baby. Like, and then they'd look at me and they'd judge me and be like, "Well, it's because of this, and she's doing this," and I couldn't handle that on top of you know already emotionally dealing with the roller coaster that it was, but. I now look back and see people would have never done that. They would have rallied around me, encouraged me, supported me, let me cry on their shoulder and ask for help. And then share your story. There are so many women when I talk about my miscarriage, they will come up to me after or when I've shared it, they'll say, thank you for sharing. That's what I'm going through, my husband and I, and we don't know what to do. And I don't have the answers. I wish I could say, well, here's, here's you know, steps one, two, three on how to get pregnant or steps one, two, three on how to get through a miscarriage. There's really no, t- you know, there's no map on that journey. My only thing for you is to feel it and lean on people who can be there for you and not be ashamed. Don't be, you know, don't be ashamed of yourself. Don't feel insecure. Don't feel inferior. Just know that it's okay and that there's different paths to motherhood. And then if you're a friend of someone that's going through infertility or miscarriage, I actually do have some tips for you that um, I've helped other friends through. Is Number one, hug them. I think sometimes when you're going through a miscarriage um, in your body and hormones, like 
sometimes you're like, I don't want to be touched. And you just feel like, you know, this weight on the world. And I remember, you know, my uh, dad would just come up and hug me. And I would just cry and break down. And he didn't try to tell me, it's going to get better. All in God's timing. You know, I I love that people want to encourage people and say, don't worry. Or uh, all in good timing. God will work it out. And I do believe that as a person of faith. But sometimes when you're walking that journey, you just want someone to listen and to hear your heart and to be the one that can handle their ugly, snotty, (laughs) mascara running cry. And if you can be that for somebody on that journey, to let them listen and cry on you, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing that I have found that friends that were with me during that time, I will never forget. They are te- We are tethered together. Even though I don't see them a lot, but that were with me, that saw my pain, that just encouraged me, were there for me, they are tethered to me for the rest of my life because they got me through a season that I didn't think I could get through myself. When I didn't have any hope for the future, they had hope for me. They listened to me. They believed in a future that I couldn't see that involved kids. Whatever way it was, they believed for me. A girlfriend of mine, she, I had, um, I just suffered my fourth miscarriage, and I was obviously devastated. And about a week later, she just dropped a gift on my doorstep, and it was a picture, a carousel picture frame, like a baby picture frame. She didn't wrap it. She just put a post-it on it, and she goes, one day this picture frame will be filled with kids' pictures. Keep the hope alive. And it was one of the most touching things that I ever got. And in the moment where I couldn't believe for my future, I couldn't see past my pain. I had a friend that did. And I kept that <laughs> I kept that carousel picture. And it, I didn't use it until a year later. And when I did, I got it out. And I was brought to tears because I thought, man, in that moment, Somebody believed for me when I couldn't believe for myself. And it made such a big difference for me. And I want to believe that if you're going through it, that's why you need to lean on people because they can believe for you when you can't believe for yourself. And when you're walking through pain, it's hard to see past it. It's hard to see past in the future and see. Um, a couple years ago, I was praying and I was... I don't know what it was. I had a moment where I was like, you know, God, why did I have to have four miscarriages? And I I honestly will go through years and not think about it. I'm not, like, brought to tears. I could talk about it most times and not be, you know, cry about it. I feel like I've recovered. But there are moments where I just kind of seep in the pain, and I'm like, wow, I, that was a very painful season. I remember talking to God and praying. I was like, God, why did I, why did I have to have four miscarriages? Why... Why did I have to go through that? And I immediately felt him tell me, hey, Kara, would you have had seven kids? And I said, oh, no, I would have never had seven kids. There's just no way. God bless you, those that have lots of kids. You know, you're my heroes. But I was done at three. I was like, I'm done. Wrap this shop up. And um, he said, would you have had seven? And I knew. It was like, no, God, I wouldn't have had seven. He said, had you not had the four miscarriages, you wouldn't have Declan, you wouldn't have Peyton, and you wouldn't have had Colin. And it was a sobering moment to where I wasn't like, man, you know what? I would have taken all of that pain. I'll take all of that journey to have the three that I have now. I mean, I can't imagine my life without Colin and Peyton and Declan. But I can tell you that I would do this over and over ten times. 
I would suffer that pain again just so I could have these three. And I want to encourage you, moms, if you're going through the pain, I, I can promise you, you will find on the other side of your pain the answer to your prayer, the answer to what you want and fulfillment in, your, in motherhood for your life, whatever that is. And that when you look back, not that it'll be less painful, but it will be worth it when you say, was it worth it? Yeah, it was. Was it hard? Yeah. But I got through it. And I can look back and be so grateful for the journey that I got through. So those are the misconceptions of miscarriage that you're fine and you don't have to deal with it. But I want to encourage you, find a friend if you're going through it. And if you've got a friend, be there for that friend. Talk to them. Share. Believe for their future for them. And hope for the best. I hope you're having a great day. I hope this was encouraging to you. Share it with somebody. Maybe they need to hear it. Pardon my crying. (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't too emotional for you. I'm going to wipe my tears and uh, have a good day here. So remember, life is totally unscripted and totally unplanned. But that's the joy of motherhood. Have a great day. Bye.